Hello. Thank you for joining us for another episode of This Week in AML. I'm John Byrne, Chair of the AMLRS Advisory Board. And I'm Elliot Berman, our Creative Director. We are excited to welcome you to the This Week in AML podcast, where we explore key news and developments in the global financial crime prevention community. John, how are you today? Hi, Elliot. How are you doing? I'm good. It's a beautiful day here in Milwaukee, and uh, uh, it's always good to talk to you. So, uh, today's good. So, um, something you and I are very familiar with uh, is the uh, various GAO studies that have been done relating to bank secrecy for decades. And uh, there's a more, uh, there's a recent one that just came out. um, And I always love the uh, uh, titles. The the titles go right to the, to the, to the nub of what they've asked to do. They they don't try to be uh, funny with titles or whatever. This is action needed to improve DOJ statistics on use of reports on suspicious financial transactions. So, uh, you saw that, I assume? I did. <laughs> and I did like the title. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what was the big take? I mean, look, um, feedback on SARS has been something we've talked about since the late 90s when they first crafted SARS. And it's always been uh, both a challenge um, and sort of a... I, I don't know how, how, to, how to characterize it, but there's always been a reluctance on the part of law enforcement not to provide feedback because they do that, but always suggesting that one reason you can't get more is there's never a one-to-one correlation. You know, one SAR doesn't lead to one prosecution, which we've all always understood. Uh, yes. So this one addresses that issue, but it's, it's mainly more about making FinCEN's data um, I would say more useful for a variety of, uh, of r- results. And one of them potentially being another thing that's in the NDAA from 2021 is to eventually look at how can we recraft the AML infrastructure, and perhaps either reduce or modify um, reporting. And this is just another element of that um, that would le- lead people to believe whether they can do it or not. Right. So there is, as you mentioned, this comes out of the uh, National Defense Authorization Act, the part that in part became part of AMLA. And uh, the goal here is to figure out, I mean, the reason the provisions in there is what's useful reporting that helps law enforcement and other parts of the government to, you know, uh, identify potential terrorist activity or money laundering and what isn't useful. So, you know, the, the act had that provision in it. Um, DOJ issued the first report and the um, uh, GAO presumably was asked to review it. And they had, um, they had a number of concerns about the fact that there wasn't as much data as, um, would be necessary to fully comply, but also, you know, they were more concerned, I think, about in the end about the architecture of the report. Um, And so DOJ, when they got this obligation in the statute, somebody at DOJ had to decide who was going to, you know, who has to go do this report. And they assigned it to uh, the money laundering and asset recovery section 
and not for a terrible reason. The reason that w- is given in the report, because there's a discussion in the GAO report kind of uh, about um, DOJ's response to the recommendations that GAO was going to give. They said we gave it to that group because they're the subject matter experts. They know about suspicious transactions and that kind of stuff. But those folks didn't get any of the data or technology people in the loop. So the report doesn't have a lot of analytics um, and, uh, and that group's comment was, well, we're not, you know, we're not data analysts. Um, so one of the big recommendations is from GAO is that the chief technology officer and the statistical office uh, at DOJ get involved in helping design the uh, the data requirements for the report for the next cycle, um, potentially working with the, the affiliated agencies to come up with a common data map um, so that this the information that wasn't gathered can be gathered. And if it doesn't exist, people can start capturing it. You know, the other thing that um, struck me, going back to our view that we know there's not a one-to-one correlation, GAO, in the summary of what they found, says that FinCEN receives limited data from law enforcement on the use of reports or the report's impact on case outcomes because they don't collect that data. And then they say, as a result, FinCEN cannot provide comprehensive feedback to financial institutions on the usefulness of BSA reports. I disagree with that. I think that's true. They don't have all the data. And as you just pointed out, DOJ should have at the very beginning when they got the report requirement, got all the right people in the room. But the bottom line is um, there is usefulness in understanding volume of reporting, categories of reporting, regions of reporting. And they used to, uh, FINSA does do advisories and they do other things. But they did have a SAR activity review, which, to, to be candid, I was the first co-chair of, of that publication. Um, and that was something that institutions looked forward to. It didn't, you could argue it wasn't, quote, comprehensive, but it provided some good typologies, examples, case studies, and some other things. So while it's tr- their overall GAO uh, conclusion is accurate and more should and can be done, I think it's a little bit um, mischievous, to say the least, to say that, you know, you can't provide comprehensive information without all of that other input. And I just don't think that's true. We should get the input, but I do think it's much more complicated than that those couple of sentences would lead you to believe. Yes. And I think that even though the statute doesn't speak about doing this in phases, the reality is that... um, an effort to gather more and increasingly better data in this space is clearly something that's going to happen in steps. So, uh, you know, as you and I talked about before we started recording, um, the ultimate goal may be to be able to say, you know, we received 2 million SARS and in 50 cases in the last fiscal year, 50 prosecutions in the last fiscal year, we can attribute 
directly the investigations being started by SARS and the SARS having meaningful impact on the prosecutions. That might be the ultimate goal, but the fact that you can't get there today or even next year or possibly likely the year after, you start the journey, you carve, it's a big project, you carve it up into sections, you, you know, you agree on the basic structure that you're trying to fill in and then you go and you sequentially, you continue to build better and better data sets. That's, I mean, we do that in business all the time. Uh, the government does it in a lot of other places. This is a tougher one than just counting things, but that doesn't mean, you know, you just sort of, well, this is what we got and, you know, let us give you a report. And, you know, I don't, I'm not saying they were just doing a check the box, but right, right. there's value. I mean, as much as, as a, former practitioner, I wanted better feedback. The reason for this report being, or one of the reasons for this report being required, as you mentioned at the outset of our conversation, is that we're looking to improve and um, streamline where it can be the reporting regime so that better data gets to law enforcement and the people who have to generate that data, generate the SARS, can focus on the right things. And you can get there in phases without having to only get there when that end sort of magic bullet, you know, gets, uh, is available all the time. Right. And then from the, from an international perspective, uh, GAO also looked at three countries, uh, Canada, the UK and Australia, because they have very, pretty similar FIUs to FinCEN. And looked at how they currently provide uh, feedback, and I thought that was interesting. I think they overall suggested that it's not apples to apples. But um, as you look through the, uh, some of the charts based on the reporting periods they looked at, I thought it was interesting given the volume that you know for us in the U.S. FinCEN uh, for the period of time SAR reporting. Uh, Four million, and their staff was 272. Australia, uh, their STRs were, and they have 405 people. So clearly, FinCEN has always been correct to say that there's not enough staff to do all the work necessary to process the information. It's a separate issue from the value proposition of uh, a law enforcement use of BSA data, but it, but it, but relevant because obviously their resources are pushed in a lot of different directions. Right. Because that 272 people there, that's, that's their, uh, for the time period that was reported, um, that's their total staffing. And they have, obviously they have policy obligations and all sorts of other things, not just data analysis. Um, So um, yeah, I, that number caught my eye just in the fact that, you know, we have a much bigger economy from a trans total transaction volume. You know, we dwarf those other countries, and yet our FIU is um, is on the small end of the range. So. Right, and uh, the final the conclusions are um, obviously FinCEN's done some decent work with feedback, but they could use the support from these other agencies. And they make the recommendations, GAO does, uh, to make sure that DOJ's 
chief information officer and others that do statistical information, that they'd be, they'd be involved in this. And that certainly makes sense. Yes. Well, I would guess that we'll see a GAO report down the road um, a year or so out um, after the next reporting cycle, because I'm sure that um, the oversight committees will want to know whether progress has been made. So that's right. Yep. All right. That sounds good. Um, you know, what? I think in terms of what's going on, uh, we have a, um, uh, a webinar in September. You want to talk a bit about that? Yes, yeah, so we have a webinar in September. It's going to be September Thursday, September 29th. It'll be at a little different time. It'll be noon Eastern time. And some of our colleagues in, uh, in Europe are going to talk about um, how the whole um, ESG uh, uh, matrix, how that's influencing uh, financial risk uh, now and in the future and, uh, how financial services companies should be taking that into account. Um, I think it's going to be a really interesting topic. Um, uh, ESG is certainly, um, in what is certainly another dimension to risk analysis and, uh, one that will be important to adopt. And John, I know you've got a number of things, um, in the queue, you've been uh, very busy on the um, podcast side, recording things that I know we're, we're getting ready over the next several weeks to post some of those conversations. Yeah, so we did one with uh, um, our advisory board member, Don Ford, who's former chief of the criminal division of IRS. We also just uh, recently, I also interviewed the new uh, deputy chief of IRS, Guy Fico, uh, strong supporter of the partnership forum. And so he's talking about the priorities of the agency currently. And then um, we uh, um, have um, an author, an editor of a publication on the countering of financing of terrorism coming out and, and several, several others, including some new interviews for the women in AML project that we're part of as well. Yes. Yeah, so uh, stay tuned and uh, John, you have a great weekend and we'll talk next week. Take care. Talk soon. Yep. Bye-bye.